It is no secret that the travel industry has undergone some major changes in the past few years. And even though it is back and booming, so much of why and how we travel has changed. Welcome to Travel Redefined. I'm Sarah Dandeshi and I'm your host, and I'm excited to talk to thought leaders in the hospitality and travel space for insight on the future of travel. Welcome back to another episode of Travel Redefined. And today we'll have a really exciting conversation, something a little bit different than what we've talked about in the past. We've got an exciting guest. Her name is Jen Collins. She is the Executive Vice President of EOS Hospitality. Um, There's so much that she's doing, but she's really now um, doing, she has an exciting sort of role because it's slightly shifted as of late, which I know that she's gonna go into a lot more detail, but uh, she's gonna be really fully leading social impact while bridging the gap between management and ownership companies. So, of course, so much more to come on that, um, including a little thing that she's doing with my alma mater. I'm excited. All right. That being said, welcome, Jen. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Sarah. It's great to be here. It's so good. So it's exciting to have you on Travel Redefined, but I always like to, you know, kind of kick things off because we do have a lot of viewers that have, uh, you know, strong hospitality background or they're just travel lovers. Um, But I want to hear more of your background. And so how did you get into hospitality? Sure. So uh, my background to hospitality and then kind of within hospitality, I I left hospitality and came back to hospitality. Uh, I guess everybody's journey is unique, but this one, this one feels especially uh, crazy at times. So I I got into hospitality a little bit, a little bit by mistake. Um, My dad is a teacher and a coach in Baltimore. I was born and raised in Baltimore. So my dad is a, was the primary parent and is a teacher and a coach and uh, coached basketball. You can't see in this Zoom box, but I'm 6'1". So uh, I was a college basketball player. And my dad had a player who played at Cornell and went to the hotel school at Cornell who um, called my dad and said, hey, coach, you know, I think Jen would really like it here. So um, put put the coaches in touch with me. I wasn't considering going to an Ivy League school or playing Division One basketball or any of that. But know, life is full of happy surprises. And um, through that connection, ended up at the hotel school at Cornell, uh, being raised by a single parent, a teacher and a coach, we we didn't have much money growing up. And so going into the hospitality space uh, was new for me, we didn't do extensive traveling as a family or anything like that. So um, went to the hotel school, loved it, uh, was a real estate finance major, and that kind of launched my career from there. That's so amazing. And I, you know, I love that you share that because again, so many, nobody has, or, or not nobody, but I would say that there are very few of us that necessarily have like that direct sort of trajectory as far as getting into the hospitality industry. There's always this series of like happy accidents. And then we find ourselves there. And the next thing you know, we're like, oh, I find this really interesting, or I'm really good at it, or there's something about it. So really cool hearing about your story. And also uh, love that you're tall as well, too. I'm not quite there, not quite at, at the six foot mark, but I'm definitely tall. So a lot of people are always like, you're a lot taller than I expected. So I know I've lost one of my superpowers in Zoom land. People don't even know that, you know, I, know. I, I am as tall as I am, but oh, uh, no. yes. oh, I get it all the time. Um, okay. So I love, I loved hearing a bit about your background. I know a lot of individuals can relate to that. So, but let's talk a little bit about EOS hospitality. Um, as executive vice president, your new role, um, you, it's a pretty exciting position. So I know that you're kind of like, 
taking it on a little bit and a little bit of a redirection, but could you share a little bit about your role um, as well as the company and, and maybe even a bit about the portfolio? Sure. So let's start there. It's probably easier to put that into context. So EOS uh, Hospitality and EOS Investors, we are an owner operator platform. So I work for the management company, but we have a sister ownership company in EOS Investors. EOS are are the first are the first three initials of the founders children's names. Um, So Emma, Owen and Serena. And uh, and so Jonathan Wang formed our company in 2017. Uh, We have now grown to 41 properties, uh, over 3,000 employees, over 6,000 keys in our portfolio. So most of our our hotels are uh, on the East Coast. So we have a bunch of properties in Kennebunkport, Maine, and then we have four down the Florida Keys. So kind of all up and down, um, large presence in Cape Cod. Uh, We have some in D.C. and Delaware. And then uh, I believe we are the largest employer in Myrtle Beach uh, writ large. So big presence in Myrtle. Um, we have two assets on the West Coast. We own the Lermitage uh, in Beverly Hills, and we own a campground in Big Sur, which is which is really fun. Um, so my role uh, is is a fantastic blend of somewhat crazy background. So my I was in hotel ownership after Cornell. I went into hotel ownership, and I was on that side of the business for about twenty years. I took a year off, called it my adult gap year. That's a whole other podcast. But <laughs> I entered the I entered the the realm of uh, social impact. Uh, so I worked at Georgetown at your alma mater. So I worked at Georgetown for something called the Beck Center for Social Impact and Innovation for a couple of years, and then I worked for a community development financial institution, working as the head of enterprise operations there. But it's a large nonprofit focused on uh, racial equity through. A whole host of forms. So I took about a five-year uh, stint away from the hospitality space, and then EOS uh, offered me an opportunity to really blend those two backgrounds. So um, there aren't a lot of people who, including myself, I, I didn't expect to return back to the hospitality industry. Quite frankly, I was like, "Oh, I'm off, you know, mission-minded, saving the world, and blah blah blah." And I, I've always loved hospitality, but have been pretty frustrated by the fact that the industry has done things the way it's always done them for a very long time. So your whole um, ethos of really being, you know, of, of asking about redefinition and, and redefining travel is, is really interesting to me because it's a journey that I'm on and a journey I believe in. And I do think that guests have been telling us how travel should be redefi- redefined for a long time. Um, and very few people have listened in, until now. Uh, so anyway, my role is to, um, I'm a, basically a bridge between the hospitality uh, side, our hospitality company and our ownership company. And uh, I, you know, my background in ownership lends itself to that. I also uh, run all of our social impact activities. Uh, we've only scratched the surface. I just started in January. So we've only scratched the surface of of all of those efforts, but uh, we broadly define impact as a positive impact in the communities where we are working, but also in the lives of our employees. It's incredibly important to us. Yes. No. And and it, honestly, and interestingly enough, we have had another guest uh, on here who is part of your company, a general manager, Raj, at one of your properties. And I thought that this was really interesting because after, you know, the conversation with him, I was like, wow, what, n- knowing what it's like and to be there on, on sort of the, you know, 
the employee level to get to work mm-hmm. for something like that. And then to find out a little bit more about your background, it really, it it's really, it was really heartwarming to see that, uh, to have individuals in management and sort of lately, even from the corporate level, having that different mindset, because I think a lot of uh, businesses, especially in the hospitality space, don't have that. So yeah, it was, re- it was That's really sure. special to see that. So kudos to you and kudos to Raj. And, and I'm sure that there are many more in the company that certainly align with that. Um, and it's definitely, it, it was, it's very infectious. So, um, which I actually want to kind of ask you a little bit more about your portfolio. You actually mentioned a name of yet another property where, again, where our paths are crossing, where I actually first became uh, a hotel concierge was the Lermitage in Beverly Hills, which is one of your problems. I know it just, again, you know, it's just, it's a reminder that this is such a small, small world. So small. Yeah. I love that. You said that in my ears totally perked up. I'm like, I know that property well. <laughs> um, but so, so that, you know, obviously that being, you know, one of them, you've mentioned a couple of others, but what do you look for maybe when choosing to add a property to your portfolio? Maybe not you, but obviously the team. Sure. So we are, are extremely opportunistic uh, and we take a look if you look at our portfolio. You, we have um, tiny little, almost, you know, oversized inns in Kenny Bunkport. We have two hotels um, in the Delaware Beach. We have three hotels in the Delaware beaches, two of them in Bethany Beach. One of them is the Belmore. Um, we have urban assets in the Hamilton in DC and the embassy suites in, in Georgetown. Uh, we have four down in the Keys, uh, Isla Bella, Havana Cabana, Tranquility Bay, and um, uh, Ocean's Edge. And, uh, and a bunch in Myrtle, we have a Hilton and embassy suites. And, and so the portfolio is fairly eclectic. Um, we have, as you've noticed, a fairly, um, dynamic and multifaceted leadership team. So we come from all sorts of backgrounds, branded boutique lifestyle, luxury. Um, uh, and so we are fairly uniquely suited to manage just about anything. Uh, our investors team has done an incredible job of putting together a, a wildly successful portfolio, especially given you know the travel trends over the past few years. We have a lot of drive to markets, a lot, a lot of long length of stay, a lot of places that do family travel very well, a lot of places that. Um, Corporate travelers work from home, wanted to camp out and be in. And so uh, it's it's opportunistic the way we grow our portfolio, but we're able to do so in a, in a whole myriad of ways. That's great. Well, and I love also that, you know, you do have uh, properties of all types, all types and a lot of different, um, you know, not so it's, they're catering to different demographics, but then also different locations as well that... But they're also kind of um, evergreen, popular locations that, you know, there's always going to be people that are, are wanting to travel to those destinations, no matter what happens, no matter what the world throws at us, as we have learned in the past couple of years. So. Your lips, the God's ears, yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. So uh, would love to talk about this because, you know, you've touched on it and I know this is so important to you. I It's very important to me. So I'd love to hear your thoughts, but I know you are really, really, really big on improving the employee experience within hospitality. Um, and of course, we, can't, we know the industry is seeing a lot of challenges these days from a hiring crisis to to all sorts of things. But we'd love to hear a little bit of, as far as like what you're seeing. And then also, what do you what solutions do you think that 
um, maybe could be implemented to maybe help attract and retain employees, which seems to be the golden ticket right now. Sure. So this is this is this is the thing. This is what makes me get out of bed every morning. This is what makes our CEO get out of bed every morning. Um, we think about this a lot, and we genuinely think that uh, we can show up well for our guests because we show up well for each other. And so we we ask ourselves, how can we show up for each other meaningfully every single day? Um, the hospitality industry is in a hiring crisis. Uh, U.S. hotels, normal run rate pre-pandemic employed just north of 8 million people. Uh, and nearly 6 million jobs were lost in 2020. Um, over, you know, 1.8 million of those based on the most recent data that I pulled back, you know, have, have returned. Uh, so there's still a substantial, you know, hiring crisis in the hospitality industry. You asked me what I'm seeing. I'm seeing a lot of amazing people that have remained in this space who are exhausted, um, who are exhausted. I think, you know, healthcare workers and teachers, uh, have, have definitely borne the brunt of the, the stress and the hours of going through a pandemic, but those who stayed in the hospitality space are equally tired. And so uh, we want to address that and we want to really focus on meaningful ways to, to show up for each other. So one of the things that we have done that we are very proud of that we rolled out earlier this year is a best-in-class uh, family leave program. Uh, we called it Family Matters, and we give at least 10 weeks of paid family leave to full-time hourly employees. That can go up to 16 weeks uh, for those in management positions. And it's a gender-neutral policy that applies to natural birth adoption, surrogacy, and foster parenting. So it's um, it's pretty wide in, in the way that um, it, it shows up and supports families. The hospitality industry has historically been fairly destructive to the family unit. So we really want to we want to show up for our guests who are families and traveling with their families even more, but we also want to support the family life of, of the people who work for EOS. Um, so that is a, a big program uh, that we rolled out in February of this year. And then again, think a lot about uh, how can we show up for each other. So we have a robust stable of impact strategies that we are analyzing and you know batting around internally. Again, we've only scratched the surface on what we're doing and what we intend to do, although even scratching the surface for us means that we have over 100 social impact initiatives throughout the portfolio that are going on at the property level already. Uh, we really want to focus on child care, mental health, balanced scheduling. So scheduling is a big deal in the hospitality space, um, going from a more static schedule to the, to employees really wanting to choose their schedule. So uh, we are, are looking at ways to be more dynamic in the way we schedule uh, medical plan subsidies, uh, compensation, and, um, you know, things that really fall in the financial health care. Financial and healthcare buckets are probably the biggest, um, but really want to look at education, continuing education, uh, mental health, and et cetera, et cetera. So uh, more to come, but... Um, these are the things that we're we're thinking about. That's great, and and what I love also what you're you're saying with this is, I mean, this is this is what you guys are actually putting into action right now. Um, and so it's not just theoretical or a talk, or it would be nice, but you are actually going through the steps of putting this into action, which 
I mean, it speaks volumes. It, you absolutely hit the nail on the head in regards to all of the issues that sort of that people struggle with within the hospitality industry. And those that have stayed in, you know, certainly in the past couple of years, they are so special. Uh, it is a special industry. We are. And so, again, how can we help each other? And it's really, as you mentioned, when it's one of my favorite things to always say is like, so long as you're like the number one guest is like, are your employees, are the people that work there. And so, so long as the employees are happy and that's the base of it, that will, it's infectious and they will then go ahead and pass that on to the guests and the guest experience will, will also be special as well too. So. Yeah. I liken it to, you know, I was raised by a teacher and a coach and when organizations, companies and schools started investing in the teacher and the coach to, to have impact on, on a broader base of children. Uh, it was an interesting model. So we talk a lot about servant leadership internally. Uh, we really, we start every single meeting with a, like an inverted V of servant leadership where corporate exists to be at the service of our general managers. We truly believe that our general managers are the CEOs of the businesses that we're asking them to run. They are empowered to make decisions. They are empowered uh, financially, relationally, with data and information that we have to lead their businesses um, a, a, in in a flexible way that that is um, that is empowering to them. That is, it, it's sad to say, but that's really different for the hospitality industry. Hospitality industry, especially with the larger, you know, some of the larger organizations, uh, can be a bit top down, can be full of checklists. We don't have a lot of check. We don't have a lot of checklists, uh, and so uh, we really we do um, creative problem solving is one of our core values, and so we fill our our teams with a bunch of entrepreneurial minded people, and we just try to set the conditions to let them fly. Well, and this is great because you bring up the fact as far as not being top down because you you can't take that that traditional or that. Um, stereotypical structure and necessarily apply it to hospitality because then you have a huge disconnect between somebody who's sitting somewhere in some office that's not even there on property interacting with the guest and that disconnect it, it leads to so much confusion it, it doesn't it doesn't create like a, a very helpful environment and so when you invert it like what you're saying you've got the individuals that are there on the ground, they're picking up the sentiment from the guests in real time and taking that and using the basically the sort of like the guest interaction and feedback to sort of dictate what makes sense and what needs to happen on the property. So I love that you guys are doing that because it's it really There's is actually a funny story, Sarah, that that was part of the tipping point of me coming back into the hospitality industry was really? experiencing exactly what you just said. So I worked for the Beck Center for Social Impact. I, I led a body of work there on inclusive impact investing, and it was fantastic. But I was doing a lot of influencing an industry from the outside. So I had 39 speaking engagements in 2019. I was roadshowing, but I was really um, influencing an industry from, from speaking engagements and things like that. And I went to a hotel in Mexico. We had a, a, There was a resort in Mexico where there was a, a retreat, and I was having a conversation with the omelet guy. And I, at, at the Beck Center, I, it was a, it was a, a fantastic body of work, uh, really amazing experience. I got to commune with a lot of thought leaders, but I was a little grumpy about, and I couldn't quite figure out why. I was like, this is an amazing body of work. It's, it's really synonymous with my heart and I'm able to, head and my heart are working closely together. 
And I couldn't figure out why I was a little bit grumpy until I was in the omelet line talking to the omelet guy at this resort in Mexico. And I have a conversation with the omelet guy. And I'm like, this is what is missing. I need conversations with the omelet guy. Like the omelet guy conversations, the fireside chats with housekeeping, the really listening to your engineering staff, those have to inform any sort of business decision we are making in the proverbial boardroom. It, we're smarter for it and mm-hmm. it, it's just better business. So anyway, yeah. I, di- I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you coming back. <laughs> no, but I, but it, it's so true. And it's like that conversation with the, uh, that's where change ends up happening. Because again, you have somebody that could be sitting in an office in a completely different part of the country or not even in the same country that comes up with a great idea. And not to say that there's anything wrong with it. Theoretically, it could be a great idea. But as we all know, and, and I think that's also a little bit of why hospitality is somewhat tricky to teach because you can teaching the theory of hospitality only takes you so far. It is that in the action and how it ends up landing in the real life um you know, experience of it. That's where, that's where the lessons are. So if we understand that from an educational standpoint in regards to hospitality, that only makes sense for the business to be um, driven in that way. And I love that story about, you have to have the conversation with, with the omelet guy. With the omelet guy. Yep. <laughs> with the omelet guy. Well, I mean, you're mentioning, you know, a little bit of this, um, and you've talked about, you know, a bit of your role that you had as far as the head of enterprise operations, um, at the local initiative support corporation. And then, and then also as obviously with my alma mater, Georgetown, um, the the Beck center for social impact and innovation. So, and you shared a bit of these stories, certainly from the conversation with the omelet guy, but like what, I guess like, where did this importance come from for you? Um, I mean, it's because it's really, it is really important. And I don't think enough people embrace that. So I don't know, like what, where, where was that maybe more than this, which was your past tipping point, but like, how did you realize that this was something that really was important to you? Social impact, you mean? Yeah. Oh, sure. So, I mean, I was uh, born and raised in Baltimore to a, a, a basketball coach who coached in the inner city. So I grew up as like a little white girl in a bunch of black gyms in Baltimore and Um, racial equity, marginalization based on skin color has always been, I had a mentor once asked me what makes me mad, sad, or glad. Like there's nothing that makes me madder than marginalization based on skin color. So I had this amazing, you know, 20 year career on the ownership side of, of, um, hospitality ownership, but all along the way for me, nights and weekends had been in lower income or marginalized communities. So, I started a yoga, I became a yoga teacher along the way. I started a yoga class in Anacostia, which is east of the river in DC. When I lived in New York, I did teaching and coaching in Harlem. Uh, so it always nights and weekends spent spent time in lower income neighborhoods. And um, when I, I left the hotel industry in 2017, I felt called to do something. It was a big leap of faith for me. Faith's a big imp- uh, part of my life. And faith is, in my experience, uh, more of a go set ready thing than a ready set go. So I felt called to to leave and and kind of fly and uh, ended up spending. I I've done a bunch of work with uh, the youth and orphan community in East Africa. So I was able to spend that year um, spending more time in Uganda and just learning from teachers that I wanted to learn from. Uh, and the whole time I took that year off, I was 
asking the question, how can my head and my heart work together for the most explosive good? That was the, the question I was trying to answer. I had a real estate background, I had a finance, finance background, I have a love for the marginalized. How does that work? And I have a friend, Sonal Shaw, who's the executive director of the Beck Center uh, for Social Impact and Innovation. She's a former executive director. She was the founder. She was there at the time. There's a new ED there now. Um, but there was a, something called Opportunity Zone Legislation, which is a capital gains tax incentive that uh, encourages private investment in low-income neighborhoods. And so she wanted somebody to lead that body of work. She knew that I had spent time in low-income neighborhoods. And for a whole host of reasons, real estate investors were first movers in Opportunity Zones. And so it was a logical fit and totally answered the question of how can my head and my heart work together for the most explosive good. So I found that synergy at Georgetown at, at the Beck Center, um, working on how our low-income neighborhoods are developed and invested in or not developed and invested in. There's a lot of um, you know, historical segregated practices and lending and things of that nature. So my whole body of work was on inclusive impact investing. I was able to use my real estate and finance background to lead that body of work. From there, I befriended uh, the then CEO of LISC. Uh, LISC is the largest community development financial institution in the country. Uh, in 2020, we invested, they invested over $2 billion in low-income neighborhoods. So Maurice Jones brought me over to LISC. Um, and I was there for uh, a period of time before the hospitality industry started calling back again and, and was rebounding. And I, I didn't, I didn't think I was going to go back to the hotel industry. So many people in the hotel industry didn't think I was coming back to the hotel industry, but EOS is a compelling enough uh, vision that, that brought me back because I'm really able to live into um, where the Beck Center was head and heart combo for me at that time. EOS is now a, a, the only place I feel like I can genuinely synthesize my strengths and my background to do meaningful work going forward. And make a difference. It's so interesting as you're saying this, um, and I know I, this, just a, re a side note, but that was actually one of my things and actually how I found myself in hospitality because I was going to Georgetown and I looked around and I'm like, this is a very specific type of, I'm in a bubble. I'm in a bubble that's not representative of the real world. And so, and it's so thankful for the opportunities and the individuals and the bright minds that I was around, but that was actually how I fell into hospitality. And I was like, I have, I have to get a job and I have to be around and, and have more of a taste of the real world. And so I worked at a restaurant and then I started at the four seasons in Georgetown. Mm -hmm. Um, that was, I was driven by that need to be around people of all different backgrounds because that, that to me was a, was more motivating so hearing your story just resonates so much with me because i i when i completely get it and it's why i've even made many of the decisions in, in my life as well too so i love that you shared that so thank you for that and i think yeah it's and i think too that you know at the beck center and at lisk i worked um, the, the world of social impact has historically been intertwined a lot with philanthropy, foundation, things of that nature. Um, the exciting thing about EOS is that I think we can make huge impact in a for-profit setting. So um, I, I, it's, a, it's a thesis that I am really excited to live out and, and track and see and hopefully inspire others along the way that doing well and doing good actually yields 
uh, oversized and outside financial results. Uh, it, it's my it's my belief in my heart of hearts that that is um, how we will be incredibly financially successful, but it's just the right thing to do. And so do well and do good is actually one of our core values as well. And um, we it's something that it, it's just true. It's just true. And uh, we need more data. I know there's a lot of ESG initiatives. There's a lot of sustainability initiatives going on kind of in the corporate world in, in general and in the hospitality space. I, I think EOS's definition of impact is a bit broader than some of those traditional definitions. And uh, we want to be much more than a check the box organization. This is good. This is going to be in the every cell of our DNA. I love it. So we've talked a lot about, um, you know, certainly I, as we've said, the your first guest, your primary guest, you know, the employees, but shifting a little bit um, mm-hmm. and understanding that the guest experience as well too. Obviously, we've seen a lot of changes in in hotels and hospitality in general. What are what are some trends that you've maybe seen on the guest experience side? Um, maybe some trends that have emerged in the past two years, and then are you or is um, is EOS Hospitality focusing on any? Sure. So uh, there's been a lot of changes. I think uh, you know. I think in general, we are living whether forced or people feel forced or just just the only way to go. Our our personal and professional lines are blurred, or mm-hmm. if not, I'm not even sure if there's a line there anymore. <laughs> so. Um, you know, we're seeing the results of that in the travel space. So this whole concept of workcations, um, and then also the concept of, uh, you know, family travels really, really matters. Uh, and many of the hotels in our portfolio are family friendly. Uh, we believe uh, strongly that uh, happy kids make happy parents. So we think a lot about programming, guest activities, things of that nature. Down at Isla Bella in the Florida Keys, there is something for every family member to do every hour of the day. Uh, and uh, so we're, we're thinking and we are adapting our business models to address um, really being happy in the, in, the, in the experiences that people are seeking. Uh, and people are craving experiences more. I mean, that was the case before we saw Airbnb, I think really help us understand when they came on the scene, they were a big disruptor to the industry. They showed that local experiences people really wanted. They showed that um, also that I, I think there was a misnomer in the past, or maybe it was true in the past, I'm not sure, that guests wanted employees to be invisible. And that is not the case. It's not the case. And so it's not the case. And we don't want our employees to be invisible. So uh, we do encourage, you know, a lot of our our team members are interacting with guests in their jobs. But we also have, you know, hikes and runs and and the guest experiences that are being led by our team members so they have the opportunity to interact with guests in different ways, um, which is just helping both the, uh, the employee and the guest be happy and self-actualized. You know, there's other things like, you know, long lengths of stay. We have, you know, we have a bunch of hotels in Kenny Bunkport. We have a a handful on Cape Cod. And so long length of stay, working from home. Um, Again, this workcation trend because people can um, work from home remotely. And so we're seeing the travel trends associated there. Um, We've seen some 
Uh, it's been interesting. We've seen some people, evidence of people loving their families and wanting to to really travel with the family. We've seen some evidence of people wanting to get away from their families. <laughs> and so we've seen some solo travel trends too. So it's, it's a bit of a mixed bag. Um, we're also seeing a uh, corporate group, I think is going to be uh, really important because I think there's some element of work from home that's going to stay. And so we have proven uh, to each other <laughs> the importance of gathering and meeting in person. So I do think the corporate group travel uh, will be, uh, is it, we're seeing in demand. And I think that that's a trend that will stay because uh, some work from home element, those corporate group travels, but corporate group events become uh, more robustly attended. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And it's, it's interesting that you're saying that because those are, are certainly all different trends that we've, we've seen, but what stuck out to me was, you know, the encouraging the, basically encouraging the employees to like bring their true self to their, their roles. And, and I've always been a firm believer of this. And obviously you all are as well, that it's, it really is, it's the employees that make the difference. You can have four walls anywhere. You can have marble floors, you can have fine linens, whatever, but after, with all the many, many years that I worked in, in hotels, people would come back because they came back for the employees that were there. And so though that's, that's your differentiating point. So um, I, I love that you guys are, are very mindful of that and encourage that. And it's also rewarding for the employee as well, too. They feel sort of a sense of, of ownership in, in they help own the experience of their property as well. So that's amazing. Well, okay. So I'm wanting to be mindful of time, but I have two quick questions for you. So the one, um, just in honor of, uh, you know, sort of the, the title of the show, uh, knowing, you know, current, we've talked about current shifts and travelers' mindsets, goals, and everything that you all are focusing on. But if we can sort of summarize, how do you see travel being redefined? Sure. So I put a lot of thought into this and uh, and took a look at uh, what we were seeing in our portfolio. I think there's, if I were to summarize, I would summarize it in five points. One is uh, impact travel is huge. People are um, are searching for sustainable options. People are wanting to make sure that they're, they're, the way they are spending their money is well stewarded. Um, according, I was pulling some information here. So according to a 2022 impact tourism report, um, 96% of travelers responded that it's important their tourism dollars make a positive impact on the communities they visit and on the environment. So it's, uh, it's, it's a meaningful trend and our guests are, are, are pressuring us to be better. And I, and I, I am grateful to them for it. So number one, impact travel is huge. Number two, the lines will remain blurred. Uh, between personal and professional lives. I do believe that we are not going back to, you know, just the the firm boundaries that were once there. And so I, I do think that people are leading more holistic lives uh, and the travel industry has the opportunity to ca- cater to all of the facets of that, of that lifestyle. Um, number three, again, guests don't want employees to be invisible and neither do we. Uh, so we try to set conditions so that uh, that is the case, and there's there's interaction and connection in very genuine ways. Number four, um, family travel me- matters more than ever. So we have seen, um, you know, all of these big events were canceled for two years. So we uh, we need a place to celebrate. We need uh, to set tables for family gatherings and. 
and so the family travel experience, we're seeing multi-generational travel that is uh, in greater abundance than we've seen before. And there's pent up demand for those types of, of travel experiences. And then, as I mentioned before, my point number five is I do think corporate travel will boom. And I think the demand will stay really solid on that front, given the work from home trends. Definitely. Well, I, I love that you just kind of like consolidated all of that into five different points because that's totally what we're seeing. We are seeing this big shift, uh, but it's also this exciting time as well, too, because, you know, um, in a in an industry where I think, you know, hospitality businesses as a whole were slow to adopt changes we had to be a little bit more nimble. And so um, certainly in the past two years, so it is this exciting time. And I love I love all of the ones that you you brought up. So so those were great. So um, I also think we'll, it's a really exciting time to, to reimagine, you know, coming out of a crisis gives us a tailwind to try some new stuff. Uh, and so for an industry that has done things historically the same way for a very long time, uh, we have a bit of a tailwind for innovation, which is really exciting. It is so exciting because we are we have definitely been in need for a long time for some some changes. So it now it's here we are. So um, so okay. So to kind of like wrap things up, what might be next for EOS Hospitality? Anything that we should be on the lookout for? Sure. So I, I would say um, the fruits of our labor of invest in investing in our people. So we're really young. We're a really young company. We were started in 2017. We went from zero to 41 properties really quick. Uh, we have hired A plus players, really strong leadership, um, all entrepreneurial, entrepreneurially spirited. That's a hard word to say. Um, and really trying to do things differently where it makes sense, not change for change sake, but we are trying to manage differently in ways that are incredibly meaningful. So um, we look forward to, you know, again, seeing this robust stable of impact strategies that we have come into the world and, and we'll get some things right and we'll get some things wrong. And we look forward to the learning journey of that. Um, but I do look forward to seeing the impact of investing in our people um, because it, it's the right thing to do. And, and we believe, we believe in it wholeheartedly. And people are the core of hospitality at the end of the day. That's so it. That, that is it. That's, it. <laughs> That's great. Well, this has been such a wonderful conversation. I love hearing everything that you, that you all are working on, certainly at EOS hospitality, but then also, you know, what sort of drives you as well, because it is a little bit, um, more of, of a, and it shouldn't be a different approach, but it's a little bit of a different approach that I think, uh, you know, more individuals within the industry are kind of opening their minds to. And um, it really speaks to me as well. So I love what you're doing. Today's conversation was wonderful. So thank you. Um, for those that have been tuning in, I'll be sure to leave uh, information so that how you can connect with uh, Jen Collins if you want to. More info on EOS Hospitality as well. Um, but with that, Jen, thank you so, so much. Thank you, Sarah. I had a great time. It was great. All right. Well, be sure to stay tuned as we have more episodes coming up in the coming weeks. And if you like today's episode, be sure to like, subscribe, and rate it five stars. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys. And we will see you soon. Well, there you have it. Thank you for tuning in to Travel Redefined. Hopefully you've taken away something from this week's guests and that you too are excited to see how travel is evolving. Don't forget to leave a review if you enjoyed today's episode and subscribe so that you won't miss out on the amazing conversations to come. And until next time, keep on traveling. <laughs>